Today marks the first and only day I've ever discussed finance with someone other than my father. Hello, it's Joshua from the Art of Money Saving.com podcast. I'm joined once again by Mr. Andrew Cook. Last week we were focusing on work life balance, work ethic, and today we're focusing much more specifically on the idea of personal finance, what the journey was of discovering personal finance. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. And I'm going to hand it over to Cookie. Here we go. The advice that I was given, and I'll never forget, I remember my dad had taken me to a cafe in our local town and he had I think he was asking me something like I, I'd made so much money from from working at that point even though I was young I think I was still at the chip shop at that point but I had regular income coming in and he said what did I plan to do with that income and it was at that point then that he educated me on how to structure my finances and Ever since that day, that's how I've always structured my finance. So it was threefold. There was the kitty, and that then was what you had available to you, readily available, uh, that you could spend on something that you wanted. If there was a new game or a, a CD at the time. Oh my God, we sound so old. <laughs> CDs, remember those? So you could buy that without needing to think about it because you had it available. Only spend what you had available. That was your kitty. Then there was the safety net, and that seems to be the problem with a lot of people at the moment is that there is no safety net. So if something breaks or you need a new tire on the car, are you ready to pay for that immediately? You know, because you might need your car immediately, but if it doesn't have a tire, then you're in trouble. So the safety net then was always very important, and I set up a regular savers account at that time. Whatever I would put away in that then, once it had matured, that then was my safety net in case I ever needed it. And then the third was the future. So at that time, I started saving in ISAs when interest rates were significantly higher than they are now, and it it made more sense to do so. Um, And I set up regular payments into ISAs to make sure then that there was something then that I could relate back to in future if and when I needed it. So what age was it? When did you first start investing in ISAs? And when did you sit down and have this, this conversation with your dad? I think I must have been 15 or 16. I'm going to say 16, I think, because I don't think you can open an ISA in your own name at an age any younger than 16. Um, I think it would need to be in somebody else's name. But this account was definitely in my name. So I think that we'll, we'll go with 16, which is nearly 15 years ago. So, yeah, a long time ago. But that's how I've structured my finances since then. And it seems to have worked for me. Brilliant. And that's, I mean, if it's 16, that's amazing is to have that that clear information, that guidance. These are the steps. If you, if you want to win, do this. And it's, it's so, it's a, it's a well-trodden path. You know where you stand. I, I absolutely love that. What do you think about, people that don't have that person in their life where they where they say well I, I no one told me this what do you then say to those people one of the statistics that i uh, read is that people from more affluent households are more likely to speak about money speak about saving and those from poorer households very very rarely speak about money at all and that's it's, it's an interesting one isn't it because then for you You had a conversation earlier on that provoked a plan and you've stuck to the plan. Brilliant. 
what do you what do you think about other people? Is it is it too late if you want to start in your thirties or your forties? Don't think it would or can ever be too late. You could do it at any time, but what's quite apparent and is is obviously logically the case is the longer that you do something in a bad habit, the longer you tend to keep that habit. So you could do it at thirty, you could do it at forty, but if you've been doing it in a way that's not been working for you for 10, 15 or 20 years, most people will continue to do it wrong because that's all that they know. Um, but it takes discipline. You need to make sure that you're structuring yourself effectively um, and setting up goals to know what you want to save uh, a certain amount. If you hit that goal, then will you move that money somewhere else? Can you relate to other millennials? Do you feel like you're a, a lone ranger in this in this pursuit? Uh, are you the crazy one? Or, you know, is everyone else living in debt? Is everyone else uh, living the high life and, and living day to day? What what makes you want to do that differently? And can you can you relate to anyone else? Like, have you do you have any friends that you've spoken to about? Oh, yeah, like we're we're definitely on the same page because for me. It's there are people, but it's quite rare actually to kind of share this, this hobby or this this kind of path. I think of of um, personal finance. I guess today marks the first and only day I've ever discussed finance with someone other than my father. No way. So again, it's as as we've spoken. You know, it, it's it's something that people don't tend to speak about as such. Um, you know, if if I've been successful, it's not something I'll bring up in conversation. Or oh, by the way, I managed to save something you know unless there's a reason to if somebody asked me then i would answer um you know of course i i don't have a platform in which i'm um, discussing openly of course the art of money saving is a fantastic opportunity to discuss this sort of thing so i'm happy to now um and i love listening to the to the podcasts and shows that you've done um because i can relate to them um and as i said only because now of the lockdown and that sort of thing it's brought this opportunity so uh, but yeah, up until now, it's not something that I've openly discussed. Again, with that possibility of coming across patronizing, it's not that uh, I don't want to share my advice or personal experience with somebody else, but I don't want to make somebody sound like I'm either rubbing it in their face that they can't do it or that they haven't done it. Uh, everyone's circumstances are different. Maybe not everyone received that guidance when they were younger. Maybe they did and they didn't follow it. That's obviously something different, but I'm not sure if you would agree it's something that I think that it should be focused more on in school. Definitely. I mean, we didn't have any financial education at all in school. And that's something that should be changed 100%. And yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I think it's it's good to have the transparency, but also you don't, it's just not something you do in life. We're told to be humble. You don't want to scream from, from the mountaintops that things are are going well in life or that you have a plan because that's that's not the way you are that's not the way i am but i think like you said this this podcast gives an opportunity to just speak openly and then it gives people an insight into what you do what i do and then hopefully that kind of encourages a conversation people can think about their own personal circumstances and think about what what goals are i think um this is a gross generalization but millennia millennials don't tend to think about the long term in the way that I do personally. So I like to think, what am I going to be doing when I'm 50? What am I going to be doing when I'm 60? And that's that's not shared by my my friends generally. 
And I see that for myself, I see that as a positive. And there's always kind of a question mark for my friend or friends or colleagues, or whoever it is. I'm kind of like, mm, how is this going to, how is that decision going to affect you in 10 years time, 20 years time? And it's, it's something that I've learned to live with. I, mean, I have a very clear view version of what, what I want to do financially. And not everyone shares that, that pathway. And that's, I mean, I'm, that's totally fine. I think that's, that's what's great is we we all can pick in life what we want to do what you want to do with your your time your money i'm choosing this path it doesn't mean that the person listening to this has to has to agree and that's that's credit to them you do what you want but um what what is exciting for me is thinking about the the long term and how saving over the i mean you start at 16 it's like having ammunition in your um water soaker let's say <laughs> ammunition in your water soaker and you're just uh, you're just prepared you're ready for battle and it just gives you all those more years of experience and time in the market or whatever it is so going back to these principles how did it how did it start and how has it changed where are you now what's important to you now what are you also hoping to do in in the future life changes and what my dad had always said to me was what you do at 16, you won't be doing when you're 21. And what you're doing at 21, you won't be doing when you're 30. Things change. Um, obviously, families, you know, they grow. Um, I don't have any children myself at the moment, um, as neither do you. Um, but, of course, that could have completely have changed the perspective of everything as well. You know, children cost money. So that would have changed everything. Um, so where I am at the moment means that whatever money that I have, I can spend on myself um, or me and my partner, we can take a holiday or we can, you know, do something to the house or something like that. But of course that changes. If you had a family, then the family would be a priority. Um, but what you do at 16 is not the same when you're older. So the earlier that you start, the better, I think. And I, I was able to start particularly young at that age. And that put me on the right path right the way through. Um, you know, when you grow older, you have more bills, more responsibilities. So therefore, you're less likely to be able to save as much money as you may have when you were younger. Um, and then, you know, at one point or another, you should probably try to consider what your goals are for as far as retirement. It sounds scary. Uh, I mean, pensions these days are just fundamentally different. Uh, the 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 pension from our grandparents and, and parents are just fundamentally different in the way that they're structured. Uh, the pension that one of my family members has now doesn't exist anymore and there would be no chance of me getting that. So that's like a fundamental change, isn't it? And that's something that I I tend to think about quite a lot, actually. Because <laughs> I'm like, right, I, I have to... I'm self-employed as well, so I have to make all of those provisions myself. And that's, that's a big undertaking. So you don't have a pension. What is your plan for the future pensions is never something that's really been of interest to me um, i don't know a great deal about them but i as you've mentioned a pension for a family member of yours is no longer available um, that's a risk that i'm just not interested in even considering um, for me the long term uh, long-term plan for retirement for myself is invest in property you know bricks and mortar you know what you've got um, and then you can always relate back, to, you know, rely back on that in future. Whether or not it's, you know, if you have properties and you just decide to rent them out, you can make money along the way. 
Um, but then you've also got the value of that property down the line as well, you know, so whether or not you wanted to then sell property or continue renting, you know, as long as there's some sort of end goal um, for the future. So as I mentioned previous, ISA investment was something that had been um, a thing that had originally started my savings journey, let's say. That's not necessarily the best place to invest money at the moment. Um, interest rates are low. You're going to get a very low return on what you put in. So if there's something more substantial that you think that you can invest in, take a look, you know. So, you know, stocks and shares as well is obviously an option. Um, just be careful what you're investing in and how much. Yeah. Um, I do wish that if I had invested in certain stocks or shares at an earlier age, uh, that would have been worth considerably more now, namely the company that I work for. Domino's has boomed over the last few years and I didn't invest earlier on. Um, so again, you know, you, you, you live and you learn. Um, there's certain things that I'll look back on. I don't regret anything in life. I don't carry regrets. But if somebody said to me 10 years ago, stick some shares or, or invest in Domino's, then that would have been an, an excellent investment on my part. But as I said, we live and we learn. Subscribe now. Yeah, I think we can all think in hindsight. I mean, knowing what we know now, it's quite easy to look back and say, well, I wish I invested in Tesla or I wish I invested in Zoom. That would be a great idea. Bitcoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> but um, yeah, unfortunately, we don't have a time machine, but that's how life goes. So has has lockdown affected your plan at all? Or is it is it business as normal? Just uh, things are, are going ahead as normal. Are there any changes that you've made or would like to make? I consider myself incredibly lucky as an individual, um, even, you know, to the extent of with my job, I've, I've seemed to have found myself in the right place at the right time. Um, at the moment, of course, there are endless hardships that are going on due to the coronavirus. People are out of work, that sort of thing. Um, whereas with my line of work, we've actually been busier than we've ever been because we've been able to deliver contact free um, and, and work alongside the pandemic. Um, so nothing has changed for me. Therefore, because my personal circumstances haven't changed, my plans haven't changed. Um, everything is still on course for now. But of course, I understand that people that don't work in a job such as mine that has flourished um, over the last few years, even not just during the pandemic, it, it's a, a business that continues to grow. If things get hard, plans need to be reassessed um, you need to take a step back and think is this actually good for the long term or not um, and as i said at the moment for me things are still going very well interesting that you use the word luck now this this really really fascinates me because what is luck and what is being prepared so you consider it lucky i don't know whether that's for you being humble or or whatever but clearly you you had a plan and you've stuck to the plan and you're it's going well. I mean, that's that's not luck. like I mean, that's the opposite of luck. <laughs> but it's interesting that we use we use that word all of the time. And just before starting this this podcast, I bumped into to Cookie's dad, and we were just having a talk about what we're going to speak about on the on the podcast. And he mentioned this this uh, ninja ninja word. Tell us a little bit more about what ninja means, the acronym. Right. So my dad often refers to this. It's. Uh something that's been referenced in a film that sort of like revolves around money. Um, am I allowed to say the name of this film? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll just say it anyway. And if we get hunted down by 
20th century fox or something, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take it down. Um, but the film Money Never Sleeps, which is the second installment of the Wall Street films, uh, Michael Douglas refers to the current generation as the ninja generation. No income, no jobs, and no assets. And there's, there's more and more ninjas out and about at the moment. <laughs> Um, you would think that the term ninja, if someone was to call you a ninja, like, oh, that sounds pretty cool. You know, I, yeah, I like that. I like to be known as a ninja. But there's a lot of people um, that are either fitting into this category or narrowly fi- uh, finding themselves in this category. Some people have jobs, but they still don't have a, a substantial income. And even with that income, are they making any provisions? Are they saving anything from it? Or are they just living day to day? Definitely. I never heard that that term before. And I, I really, really like it. I mean, I'm going to steal that. It's great. Ninja. And yeah, going back to the thing of, of luck. I mean, you're you're not a ninja, not because of luck, but because you've you've planned planned it. And I mean, credit to you. I think that's that's amazing. And I think anyone listening to to this podcast, if you do think, oh, maybe I am a ninja, the, the great news is that we all have the ability to make our own independent decisions and and figure things out for ourselves. I mean, I'm having to do a lot of that right now with with the pandemic. I mean, my my uh, calendar got completely wiped out for the last 5 months and uh my my plan, I'm going to call it a plan. I'm not going to call it luck and <laughs> that's something I've battled with. Uh, my plan has has kept me going and it's kept me in good stead and even with all of the disruptions, I've been able to go okay, yeah, this is okay for the time being. I need to keep thinking about the future, what I'm going to do. But for now, yeah, the pressure's off. And um, I was always a bit weary about saying that because I was like, well, does that make me, does that make me privileged? Does that, I don't want to shout it from the rooftops, but no, like I've, I've made the plan and uh, I, I think it's quite a, quite a good plan as well. So yeah. <laughs> so to finish off, one last question. Do you listen to, to any podcast or is there a particular person that kind of inspires you when it comes to financial management or personal finance? Or it doesn't have to be a podcast or a YouTuber. It could be a person. This discussion of finances, this is new to me. Um, since listening to your own podcasts, um, it's something that I'm definitely going to explore more. Um, I know that you've mentioned Dave Ramsey. I'm going to hold my hands up and say, I don't know who Dave Ramsey is, but I'm going to find out. Um, I've heard good things about him, so I've heard that he gives good advice. I'll take a look at that. Uh, but up until now, the only person that I've ever really followed on advice when it comes to finances is my dad. Um, I, I stand by that where I am financially is only because of him. Um, and I know that he's very proud of what I've achieved, not just through work, but how I've managed my finances and, and therefore managed my life. Um, you know, I, I don't live day to day. Um, I'm not frugal as such, but you know, if there's something nice that I like and I want it, you know, then I'll get it. Um, I, I have been known for owning a vehicle, which I don't drive very often. <laughs> So, but it's nice, you know, if you want a nice car, but you don't have the opportunity to drive it that often, then I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, I'm not much of a party goer, so I'm not out and drinking and um, and wasting money in, in that sense as such. Um, That's a very interesting point to to point out as well that you you happen to find this balance of living your life, enjoying things, but also simultaneously 
taking the future very seriously and saving. And that is, again, you're the man of balancing because, you know, whether it's in your, your work or your personal life, you manage to find that financial balance. And not everyone could do that. And uh, the FIRE community, fin financial independence, retire early. It's all about being severely frugal. Start as early as you can, invest, 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 make as much money as you can so you can retire by your 35. And I, I don't like this idea. It, it, it takes all the fun out of life. And I mean, I, I want to enjoy, I want to work and I want to enjoy things. So really good to hear that you, you find that balance yourself. And I can totally understand why, why that conversation in that cafe when you were 16 was a really, really important uh, moment. So I'm going to wrap up the podcast here. It's been a real pleasure to speak to Cookie for the last two episodes, and I hope you enjoyed the content. Going ahead, it's really important to me to keep these kind of dialogues going. It's just fascinating to hear what people feel about personal finance, to hear difference of opinions and lots of things like that. So do make sure that you subscribe to keep up with the latest podcast info. And until then, this is theartofmoneysaving.com. See ya. Bye. Thank you very much. Till next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Art of Money Saving. We love being able to share our passion for personal finance with our listeners. Drop us a line on Instagram and YouTube and let's keep this conversation going. Until next time.